everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Today we're looking at Psalm 131, 138, 139, 143, 144, and 145. So there are several Psalms we're covering today. So actually the first Psalm that I want to spend talking about is the shortest one that we're going to cover today, Psalm 131. Uh, It's only three verses. Uh, And it's basically about having your heart content in God's presence. Verse two says, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. The point of the psalm uh, that David is trying to get across is that as uh, believers today uh, and in his day as believers then, Um, we are striving to be so content in the Lord um, that we are as content as a baby that's with its mother. That's, that's a pretty high level of contentment. Uh, I have a, I have an eight month old baby right now and she just loves uh, being with Jenny. She's like totally at peace and totally calm. And it's interesting to think about that in the light of this Psalm, in the light of being content in the Lord. What would it look like for me in my life to be so calm and content, just happy in the Lord, um, that I am thrilled only to be in his presence and that's all I require? Um, Sometimes I enjoy that level of contentment. Sometimes I do not, to be honest. And I bet it's probably similar for you. Uh, One of the things that stuck out to me is that verse two, where it says, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Um, This is something that, this is a topic that is pretty important to me. Um, I like thinking about it. I like trying to make adjustments in my life to reflect it. We live in like a super, super uh, noisy environment. If you try to think about times when you have been in complete quiet, um, I bet they're hard to find. Uh, One of the things that I have noticed being a youth pastor in student ministry for a long time at this point, um, students, when you create spaces where there is total quiet, uh, they get really uncomfortable really quickly. I know sometimes when we do retreats, uh, we'll build in some quiet time where it's like no phones, no activities, um, just the Bible and like go and go out and sit in a field or something. And it it's tough. It's tough to do. And I know there's, there's challenges with attention spans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think because we are in such a noisy space, because our lives are so busy, um, because we're just constantly um, hurried. I think it's difficult for us to deal with silence and quiet. And that is why I think it is so important to put in your lifetimes of silence and quiet. Um, when I was at Lancaster Bible College, I was in their master's program. And they they had a spiritual formation class. And part of it was uh, diving deep into different kinds of spiritual disciplines. And one of them was silence and solitude. And I remember thinking that that discipline was dumb. Uh, I was I was not looking forward to um, diving into that particular topic. I didn't think it was necessary for me. I just thought it was kind of a waste of time. And one of the things that I came to discover through the, the course of that class um, was that I'm a, I'm a particularly achievement-driven person. Um, I, I don't get my worth and value from achievement. I think I have like a healthy perspective of it, but I love accomplishing things. I love creating new things. I like thinking through ways to do something better. Um, so I have a pretty strong like bias for action and I, I want to get things done. 
And so one of the things that can be really helpful when it comes to spiritual formation for people like me uh, is silence and solitude, where you refuse to do things. Um, You actually refuse to allow your mind to even think about accomplishing things. And you do exactly what Psalm 131 verse 2 says, you calm and you quiet your soul before God. So part of the the requirements of that class was an actual silent retreat. Like we had to go away uh, and be silent. For the case of the class, it was like for a full day, um, which was incredibly painful for me at first. Um, they, it was kind of open with how you wanted to do it. So I went to this place. There's actually, there's actually places that allow this, um, like it's like they're kind of a ministry. Uh, And so I went to a place, uh, here locally, uh, where they just allow people to do silent retreats. You have to leave your phone at the front. And sometimes there's like a binder of things you can work through or things you can think through, um, different scriptures you can read. And I remember the morning was awful because I just felt like I was wasting so much time. Uh, but by the afternoon, I kind of like had a breakthrough, I guess, realizing how valuable silence and solitude was for me, um, because it, it was it was really great to clear my head and reflect, um, for me, what the Lord had been doing in my life. Um, that particular day, I was thinking about what the Lord had been doing in my life over the, the span of my lifetime. Um, now when I practice silence and solitude, I try to think back over what the Lord has been doing in my life that particular week. Uh, or, or sometimes if I'm, if I'm, uh, not quite in practice, it might be that particular month. Um, but it's really helpful. Um, because if I don't make space to do that, uh, I just plain don't do it. And then I don't think through ways that God has provided for me. God has cared for me. God has loved me. God has been gracious to me. Um, and when I'm out of the practice of doing that, I oftentimes just forget those things. So I find myself becoming a lot more achievement driven. I find myself becoming a lot more ambitious, a lot more selfish uh, when I do not take time to quiet my soul. So I don't, I don't know that it's for everybody necessarily. I just know that I resonate with intentional time of quiet and I love it. And so it's something that I try to build into my life on purpose. Um, a couple episodes ago, I talked about how much I like going to the woods. Sometimes that is part of my silence and solitude. Um, but it can be a really healthy part of relating to God and building your faith and relationship with God. So I love Psalm 131. Uh, for, for one thing, it's short, simple. You can read it quickly. Uh, but the idea of quieting your soul before God and being content just in his presence is amazing. So I think one very tangible, I guess maybe I'll break up the your part into two pieces. One tangible your part could be um, if you are ambitious and you are you know, anxious or you are driven to achievement, it might be helpful to introduce some quiet space in your in your day. And I'm not talking five or 10 minutes. I'm talking like several hours or maybe a day and just give it a shot and see how the Lord speaks to you in that time and see uh, how your relationship with the Lord grows as you put Psalm 131 into practice. Now, the other Psalm that I want to look at is Psalm 139. Um, If you're familiar with it, it's probably because it's oftentimes tied to these like sanctity of life Sundays, Um, where churches just celebrate uh, how sacred the image of God is. And oftentimes it's incorporated into abortion debates uh, because it has that kind of famous line for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, So Psalm 139 is really powerful um, when it comes to thinking through um, our identity in Christ, who God made us to be. 
Um, even when it's just like, even thinking through the lens of all life is created by God. Um, all people are created in God's image. All people were known before the foundations of the earth. Uh, it's pretty powerful. But I did notice as I was reading Psalm 139, um, oftentimes you just get that little snippet. If you do only know that little snippet of Psalm 139, uh, take some time today to go back and read that whole chapter for yourself and see what uh, David is writing and ultimately what God is revealing because it's it's pretty powerful. And I think when we just take that snippet out, it's not like a... It's not like we're using it out of context. We're actually just missing the broader picture that is a lot more powerful than just one or two verses. Um, So the point of Psalm 139 is that actually God is over all things. And so the first part of the Psalm talks about how you can literally go nowhere outside of God's power and outside of God's awareness. Like God knows everything about us. Um, he sees us when we are far away. He sees us when we are near. Uh, what came to my mind was that story of Jonah, uh, where God calls Jonah to Nineveh and Jonah decides to like run away from God, which is just silly and ridiculous, uh, because God is everywhere and knows all things. So it's this idea of God's omnipresence, the fact that he is everywhere, uh, his omniscience, the fact that he knows all things. Uh, it's obvious in this Psalm, uh, actually Verse four, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't attain it. It's literally saying God knows what you're going to speak even before you speak it. Um, and I know there, there's a there's a challenge. Um, <laughs> some of you might want to challenge it immediately. Well, if God knows everything, then why does God let uh, evil things happen? And ultimately, that's kind of this crazy paradox where God does know all things. And for some reason, he allows us to have choices in certain things. And a lot of times we've been talking about this on the podcast other times. uh, God actually knows that people are going to make wicked decisions and uses those wicked decisions to bring about his glory. It wasn't that long ago uh, we were talking about Genesis chapter 50 where uh, Joseph says, like, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So God actually used his evil, wicked brother's decision uh, to kill him and then sell him into slavery instead uh, to preserve Israel. Uh, We also just recently talked about how God used David's evil decision to take a census of the people because he was being ambitious and prideful. Um, to ultimately provide a place of worship for his people uh, in the construction of the temple in Jerusalem. So there's a lot of instances where God does know that people are going to make evil choices, and he allows those evil choices to take place because he's ultimately doing something much bigger and much grander. Uh, I know that's a difficult thing to wrap our heads around, and I know sometimes it can cause us to question uh, why God allows that to happen. But I think at the same time, Uh, We can be thankful that we have some level of choice and decision, and he frees us up to do that. Uh, But at the same time, I think rather than driving us to doubt um, and and confrontation with God, I think it should drive us to faithfulness. Like, why waste your time thinking about um, what God's going to do if you make a bad decision? Just consistently make God-honoring decisions. That would be far better. And I think that's ultimately what's at the heart of Psalm 139. Um, and then he, he goes on to talk about how you can't escape where God is. He knows 
where um, you're at. He knows what's going on. Uh, he talks about how you can never be in a place that's too dark for God because everywhere God is, is light, um, which is encouraging. If you if you are currently in kind of a dark place, if you think that you're surrounded by uh, difficult things or challenging things, just know that God is with you. God sees you. God understands where you're at, and he brings light into that situation. Um then we go into this series, um, starting in probably like verse 13, uh, about what it means to be knit together as a child in the womb. So this is another psalm. There's actually more than one psalm that points out um, the importance of life in the womb. And this psalm is one of those. One interesting thing that I'm reading about is verse 14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You've probably heard exactly that quotation before. Um, there is a, an issue with the way the Hebrew is translated to where it could mean I am fearfully and wonderfully made, or it could mean I am fearfully and wonderfully set apart. Um, kind of in the same instance of Israel being set apart as God's chosen people uh, to be a priesthood. It doesn't really change the meaning of the psalm uh, either way. Um, if you see it as set apart, it actually just brings even more weight uh, to being a follower of God and worshiping Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because it, it does show that we have been set apart for a purpose. It brings to mind Ephesians 2. Um, that we were chosen before the foundations of the, the world for good things because we are God's masterpiece. Um, so th these couple of verses uh, just talk about how important um, children are in the womb before they're born and ultimately how God knows them and has a purpose for them at that time. Uh, and then the, the psalm ends with just basically like praising God for how wonderful he is, how great he is. And also talking about how God ultimately judges those who are wicked, which should lead the wicked to repent and draw near to the Lord. Um, so Psalm 139, I mean, if you've been in church court for a long time, um, you've heard this psalm before. Uh, you know that it brings weight um, to ultimately the the abortion debate. Like God cares about us. He cares about us as we're being knit together in our mother's wombs. Uh, that does mean that all life is valuable. That means that preborn life is incredibly valuable. And it means that any steps we take to stop that uh, or ultimately to murder um, that unborn child is a sin against God. And so this, this psalm ultimately helps uh, believers, helps Christians understand the importance of life um, and I think it should drive Christians to understand the importance of life in all situations and all scenarios. Obviously, uh, we believe abortion is wrong, but there's many other places in, in, um, just life and culture where we should uphold the importance of life. And it's because we've all been made in the image of God, everybody, people you like, people you don't like, people who honor God, people who don't honor God, uh, carry God's image with them. And so that means there is a certain level of value uh, for all life, and we should uphold that value. Uh, so that that's kind of my takeaway from today. Uh, probably a your part, I said I would split that into two pieces, a your part um, in the Psalm 139 lens is to realize that there is nowhere you're going to go that God is not there. Uh, God is caring for you at all times. He's looking out for you at all times. He's with you at all times. Um, he knows your thoughts and he can help you and care for you. And ultimately, um, God cares for all people in a similar way. And so we should uphold and defend 
the sanctity of life in every avenue we can. So I encourage you to do so. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We're looking at First Chronicles again. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word. And your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Psalm 138 I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and for your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his promise for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Psalm 139 O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. O that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way of the everlasting. Psalm 143 Hear my prayer, O Lord. 
Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. And in your steadfast love, you will cut off my enemies, and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul. For I am your servant. Psalm 144 Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. O Lord, what is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Flash forth the lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and rout them. Stretch out your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me from the many waters, from the hand of foreigners whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a ten-stringed harp I will play to you, who gives victory to kings, who rescues David his servant from the cruel sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners, whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. May our sons in their youth be like plants full-grown, our daughters like corner pillars cut for the structure of a palace. May our granaries be full, providing all kinds of produce. May our sheep bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. May our cattle be heavy with young, suffering no mishap or failure in bearing. May there be no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Psalm 145 I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. 
The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.